Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up this Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Hello everybody, and welcome back to A Talking Cast The A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for But we're bringing it to you anyway I am your host, Dylan Reed Miller And I am Clint Worthington, the guest host Hi, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. This is my first time, so I'm excited. For the record, this is episode 37, which means we're doing from minute 3601 to 37. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's at the tail end of of the kids' uh, discussion with Duffy. Yes, the poor family's son. Yeah, the slack-jawed idiot. Um, yeah, who... With no imagination. <laughs> yes, with no imagination and no uh, acting ability. Uh, yeah, like right at the beginning of the minute, it's it's just uh, the, the tail end of... <laughs> the tail end of Duffy's <laughs> advice to the kid where he's like everything's gonna land right in your lap and it's just kind of it's kind of creepy also I mean independent of Eric Roberts uh slack jaw delivery yeah. uh it's there's a weird hint of menace slash arousal that happens in that line delivery and I'm like I don't get it there's it's actually come up before that sometimes some of his lines come across menacing yeah they're definitely not meant to but like <laughs> well I mean he's Eric Roberts so yeah. uh, he's used to playing villains he's just in constant villain mode yeah so you know there's that but then but that has a real effect on the kid uh, who just brightens up you know that that you know you can see the wheels turning in uh in the <laughs> kid's face in the close-up and he's like you're right yeah, forget it. I have imagination. I have plenty of imagination. Yeah, after like looking around, his head darts from place to place like it's a quadruple take. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I can't even parse it. It's just a fascinating bit of acting. I mean, any less than a quadruple take and you're just underselling it. It's true. You know? I mean, you know, uh, yeah, he's like, forget it. I have plenty of imagination and I, I don't know what it is about the conversation that turned him around. I guess he said earlier that like you have imagination because you're talking to me. Mm-hmm. But that's also because he's real, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's really... T- it's not It's not a level of imagination. It's just him witnessing things that are happening in his life. I mean, unless Duffy's really just a figment of their... Is a collective it's, fever dream. Yes. It's some, some, some government experiment is spraying some kind of mist into this mystical forest where these two houses reside. Uh, yeah. Presumably cut off from the rest of civilization. And so... This is just a shared hallucination. But, I mean, I even in that case, I don't think that that counts as imagination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's if it's forced imagination. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what Willy Wonka would have to say about really that. Is it really imagination? Yeah. <laughs> Come with me. And you'll see. <laughs> a world of pure hallucination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got there first, but yeah. that's what I was going for. Zing. Yeah, but then after that, we get yet another uh, one of the many... <laughs> scene transitions that are just like it feels like they took from a bunch of stock footage 
of like nature oh, yeah. footage. The stock footage, nature. Where it's like the Circuit City demo, like when they have it playing on all the TVs to test out the new HD technology. But we only get the one, it's panning down from a waterfall. And apparently at the bottom of this tiny waterfall, there is the father walking around, getting lost on his walk. He's just like, I'm just lost. And he's sweating up a storm. And it looks, uh, he looks just like he's in the grips of senility. His hair. His hair. His hair is <laughs> so, so messy. Oh, Like I, his hair is terrible all the time. Yeah, but, but it's especially it's terrible. But at least it's in some semblance of like a curl thing most of the time. Yeah, but now it's like all mussed up from like scalp sweat. And just like, I'm just imagining every three feet, he stopped, grabbed his knees and just like was breathing heavily and running his his sweaty hands through his hair. And now he's in the state that he's in. Um, Yeah. Either that or just a whole adventure has happened in between when we saw him last and we see him now. I want to see that movie. I want to see the movie of him getting mugged and having to find his way back home. Honestly, we've gone over in a lot of other minutes Uh what what side plots in this movie or things that we've thought up would be better movies than this one. (laughs) I would agree with you. I think his walk would be a better movie than the story that we're being given. So so we're kind of uh, same Sin City a dame to kill for-ing a talking cat. We're just trying to find the other interesting stories that fell in the the cracks. Um, Hey, well, because it reminds me because I do a podcast called Alcoholywood and mm-hmm. we take a we take a new movie every week and we you know we talk about a movie every week and put in the context of a drinking game with a cocktail and we just did an episode on The Postman mm-hmm. which is the Kevin Costner movie about post-apocalyptic Oregon and it's just a bunch of like forests and Kevin Costner yeah. <laughs> in a scraggly beard running around said forests del- delivering mail and uh, it took me until rewatching this minute right before recording that uh, yeah I feel like this is probably the same post-apocalypse as the as a the postman. So I'm going right. to start looking in the background for Kevin Costner on a horse. Confirmed. Yeah. They're talking cat. Yes. And the postman are the same universe. Right. I yeah. mean, we've also speculated that this is actually a post-apocalyptic future because everyone seems so surprised to see a cat. Yeah. They're like, is this some future where cats don't exist anymore? Like, and yeah, I'm willing to bet that this is, that these are the only two houses actually left in civilization. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're just keeping up with whatever routines they can to stay sane. Like the, the catering company, she's not catering to anybody. She's and his just, website, yeah, he didn't actually sell it for millions. Whatever. Yeah, the yeah, the book light's actually a book light. Um, <laughs> they're just trying to come up with a bunch of crap to keep busy. Um, but after he, because he's wandering through like this empty road, and he says, "Whoo, that's a lot more walking than I've ever done before." Uh, I haven't done this I mean, much it walking shows. in forever. No yeah. offense, men. No weight shaming, men. But it shows. Yeah, it's you know he's an out of shape blob. I'm out of shape too. Wow. He, he looks yeah. He he <laughs> looks like a piece of play doh with a soul patch on it. Um, <laughs> no no no. It's called a chin puff. Oh, a chin puff. Yes, <laughs> chin puffs. Uh, well, th- I guess that explains the next scene where uh, he saw he the sweaty, uh, gormless shape of a man uh, wanders Phil. up to yes, uh, wanders up to the mom's house and. Uh, it's just kind of, and also she also happens to be heading towards the porch as well, just like non mm-hmm. nonplussed. And she's like, "Well, oh. that's where her shoes are always hanging out." So, right, I guess it's true. Yeah, and there's just uh, the most disgusting part is the ring of sweat that's like oh, halfway down his Ugh. chest. And I'm just like, "Oh God, this is." <sighs> that's from walking, by the way. That's from. I mean, walking. I sweat a lot, but not there. Yeah, uh, and no. just oh, it's horrifying, and it's also a terrible first impression. But it doesn't seem to phase. Uh, Christine DeBell. No, no, she's he's, he's just right. like sorry, and he has the he has the best uh, f- 
meet cute line ever. Sorry, I was just walking in the woods, and I guess I got. And then um, that's the when the minute ends. I think actually we don't. Do we get the response? Um, no, we don't. Yeah, we don't. So you have to so, find. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week. Ooh. Oh, Cliffhanger. Right. Yeah. What happened to <laughs> him? Bum, bum, bum. I mean, um, we did say maybe he got mugged, so... It's true, and you know what? Spoiler alert, she guesses that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't it's... lie to our audience. Oh, fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's only really, like, three three or four big beats that happen in this minute. Um, you know, it's I guess it's comparatively an uneventful minute. We're catching, like, we're in the in-between stages of these two major yeah. sequences. Um, it's it's not one of the self-contained minutes. No, no. So it depends Which is on always really, it. It's always really interesting when a scene begins and ends within <laughs> the minute, you know? It's part of the majesty of this experiment, I think, is, uh, yeah. is okay. finding out what little, what mini-movies we can find within this movie. Um, but Definitely. yeah, but it, it darts around to a bunch of different problems with yeah. the movie, which like, including the, the terrible acting, uh, especially of the, of that one kid, of the dumb kid, like every single line that he says ends with, he can't close his mouth. I want to just like reach <laughs> through the screen and like tip his jaw up. Donk. Yeah. Cause I feel like that's, I mean, any, any longer and drool's going to come out. Yeah. Um, and also, I guess it shows the uh, ineffable effect of Duffy on the people he meets. Like, cause he just he's just able to do a complete one eighty um, with no real yeah. evidence. <laughs> Duffy's got a powerful sway. He's the human whisperer, man. Yeah, man. It's you know you hear the dulcet tones of Eric Roberts, and you do what he says. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so. It's just he's got such a commanding presence. You know? Right. Right. And yeah. And then that that waterfall. Um, you know, in normal film language, this means like further down the waterfall, this other scene is happening. But yeah. because it's such a tiny waterfall, it kind of feels like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood a little bit, where oh, we're yeah. like going down, we're like zooming in on Mr. Rogers' house, but it's like obviously this miniature. And uh, for some reason, now I'm now I'm envisioning like the end the end shot of a perspective remake of this, where it like zooms out and it's all just in this waterfall, this tiny little brook, and it's just a bunch of leprechauns. Oh, that's right? cute, right? And I would like a, that. Yeah, that'd be, great. be a good ending, right? Except we would have, we would have an even tinier talking cat. And du- yeah, Duffy is a tiny, tiny kitty. No, I would adopt a tiny Duffy. I know. I'd be so afraid of uh, of stepping on him though. Oh yeah, that's and then true. I, but I mean, you know, after just keep after, him, just keep him in your pocket. Yeah, well, after Duffy talks to me once, like, what's the use really? Like, what do I get out of it? <laughs> well, I mean, if he's <laughs> if he's a tiny little kitty, I, know. I think that's got other benefits. That's that's suppose that's true. Uh, I will say one thing for this minute though. Yeah. It's got good wardrobing because of that weird shirt. Yeah. And, and like it looks like exactly what a midlife crisis dad would wear. Yeah. Surrounded in a very smart wardrobe choice, surrounded by this very black tracksuit, which mm-hmm. I think is as close to slimming as you can get on that guy oh, yeah. to like oh, hide yeah. or like at least this bulky black clothing to hide his misshapen lumpiness. So there's that. Yeah, and then we get the start of a, of a you know, wonderful on-screen romance. Oh, yeah. yeah you can just, right from the get-go, you can feel that chemistry. Yeah, this meet-cute uh, of this strange, sweaty man showing up in your house, and you don't really you don't, you don't really react to it. So there's that. Yeah, that's. I feel like that's pretty much it. It's a pretty uneventful minute. There's one more thing I'd like to talk about. Oh, yeah, sure. The geography of this place. Yeah. 
We still don't know what it is. Right. Because, like, he's apparently been walking a long time, and there's driving scenes where where they drive a long time. Yeah. You know what I think? I think they're under the dome. They're under Stephen King's dome. Oh. And so, like, he literally can't escape, or they're in some sort of panopticon uh, place. So it's like, maybe he's been circling the perimeter of this of this animal habitat, this, like, alien zoo that they're in. Alien zoo? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm still, I'm, this is probably an alien experiment. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Just throw I mean, a magical alien cat in there. and When is it not aliens? It's ne- it's never not aliens. Raging Bull, aliens. aliens. I need I need that, I need that picture of the guy with the hair. Yes. The History Channel. <laughs> aliens. Yes. That's one of my favorite memes. I'm not big on memes, but I love that one. I feel like Duffy should be a meme, you know? Yeah. I... If Doge could succeed, I'm sure Duffy could. Exactly. I'm, I'm imagining kind of a Domo Kun and Duffy kind of, uh, partnership and they could both be on t-shirts it might be fun uh who knows i feel i feel like duffy belongs up there with like grumpy cat and uh Bob <laughs> do you think like, do you think just... duffy should get his own christmas special oh yeah yeah <laughs> and like there'd be little meetups uh-huh. he, squeaky. Oh. he played duffy oh. yeah yeah i would i mean i would i would kill to watch a movie with uh grump with grumpy cat and duffy with eric roberts and aubrey plaza playing off of each other <laughs> that'd be great actually yeah right make it happen hollywood yeah <laughs> they're, they're willing to do it, it. <laughs> oh well this was this was great thanks for uh thanks for dropping by yeah thanks for having me i can't wait uh i think i'm gonna try to guest on a few more so i'm excited We'd love to, to have you back unravel the mystery further well uh for a talking cast i have been dylan and i have also been clint thank you all very much for listening to this episode of a talking cast If you enjoyed it and you want to stay up to date with our future episodes, please like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash talkingcast or follow us on Twitter at talkingcast. See you next time. Bye. Minute by minute. That's what they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. The Talking Cast is about to begin. That was episode 37 of A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. Your host was Dylan Reed Miller with guest host Clint Worthington. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kovaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. In loving memory of Jaden Holmes.